This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Total Saints Podcast. My name is Ben Stanfield. The fixtures have been released, the squad numbers agreed upon, and those shuttle runs completed. Yes, it's time for a brand new season of football, and we're back to help navigate you through the roller coaster journey following Southampton Football Club. So expect a continued mix of expert opinion, humour, and if we're honest, no doubt some regular frustration. As always, we're going to be live streaming our podcast on a Sunday evening to both Facebook and YouTube. So a big welcome to everyone watching tonight. Then on a Monday morning, depending exactly where you're based in the world, you'll be able to find the audio version of the podcast via all the best Google providers and probably a few of the rubbish ones as well. So whether it's your first time watching us tonight or your 201st listening to us, we're incredibly grateful to have your company. Lastly, a massive thank you again to our TSP patrons who continue to underpin the show. Okay, on this first podcast of the season, we'll introduce some new TSP panel members, chat about Saints pre-season, reflect on several summer signings, including a new owner of the Hallow Number 7 shirt. We'll discuss our overall hopes and expectations for the season ahead. And of course, give you next weekend's opening day trip to Tottenham Hotspur, ending with the now traditional wayward and or over-optimistic match predictions. If you're watching online, then please feel free to comment on any of those topics, particularly regarding your hopes and expectations for the sim, and I'll do my best to mention them as we go. So good evening already to Mark, and anyone else that's out there wants to say hello, then we will do. Right, agenda item number one, the TSP panel. I'd like to say that we have a couple of regular faces who are once again buckled in and ready to go. Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web, and Glenda LaCour is the writer of the world-famous, his own words, League One minus 10 blog. Glenn, let's start with you. Um, a good summer. Good summer for me personally. Yeah, it's been all right. I haven't been on holiday yet, but um, yeah, so it's just been uh, it's just been a continuation of the same with work and stuff like that. All, all, all very boring. I've, I've zoned out of, um, of, uh, of men's football. Been watching a bit of the, uh, the women's Euros, including today's game, which was, which was fantastic. Well done to everybody involved mm. in that. Yeah, particularly enjoyed the last five minutes wasting time Absolutely. in the corner. That that appeals to me greatly. Love that. Yeah, so well 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 done to the women there. That's probably probably the highlight football wise of the uh, of of the last few months. Absolutely excellent. So yeah, looking forward to the new season starting. I think I don't tend to 
I don't tend to dip too much into pre-season. I stopped doing friendlies about four or five years ago, I have to admit, because um, I just... I just found I wasn't enjoying them very much. So, uh, so uh, you, you'll, you'll probably have to talk to uh, Alfie and Jacob for a more uh, informed view on the on the friendlies. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's nice it's nice to be back doing this on Sunday night, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, look forward to the season ahead. Good stuff. And just to square off the circle from last season, Glenn, what did you do with that lettuce from episode uh, two hundred in the end? Did we ate it? No, it actually it actually, <laughs> it actually got got eaten. So um, yeah, thanks to uh, thanks to Brian Gunn. For that particular um for, for that particular trophy that I, I i was awarded it it, it got eaten and um i'll try not to upset him this season <laughs> good stuff and uh, steve ready for another season of the the more than likely high highs and low lows that we all uh, enjoy with our beloved football club yeah i don't think it's gonna be dull is it it's it's been been an interesting summer where kind of one of the things i i mentioned at the at the live show was kind of these days the the sort of currency for fans is is signings and we've we've to be fair, we've gone all out on those. We've made six first team signings and yeah, done done that without having to having to flog any of the crown jewels. So from that perspective, um yeah, good summer. It's been good to kind of have a have a down summer. I mean, ordinarily I'd have been spending most of it away at a World Cup. So to kind of not have that stress and kind of travelling around all over the place, um has, uh, has made a pleasant change, to be honest. Um, so obviously bring that on in uh, in November and December instead. Yeah, no, good stuff. Well, I know our listeners will be very pleased to hear uh, Glenn and your dulcet tones again. Um, now, as many of you will know, Dan finished his TSP journey at the live show back in, instead venturing to Manchester to start a new role for the Athletic. Replacing Dan in the hot seat Athletic Towers is Jacob Townswell. And along with Alfie, who we'll chat to in a moment, Jacob has kindly agreed to join the TSP panel for this season and share some of his insight and views as the football matches come and go. So very much a case of the, the king is dead long for the king um jacob firstly thanks for being part of the team this season uh, i wondered if the listeners that don't already know a bit about your journey over the last couple of years your style of journalism and what you know what the last month or so has been like getting your uh, feet under the desk letter yeah so it's a quick a quick uh, run through basically I, I played football until i was 16 at, at quite a good level uh realized very quickly that i was a lot better talking and writing about it than playing which wasn't too difficult then as I carried on playing football, my love for it wasn't wasn't quite as as burning as it used to be, and so I started writing a lot. I used to write on the on, on the coach away game stuff like that, and then I just started to freelance for whatever website would have me. Started covering Southampton in the 1920-2021 uh, season, so a little bit of an overlap, just doing it you know off my own back really, managing to go to lockdown games and stuff like that. So that was really fun. And then last year I went away to uh, down the south coast to Bournemouth. Really enjoyed that. You know, I've got a soft spot for Bournemouth, and uh, yeah, when when Dan left, uh, the opportunity was back, and you know, it's one I couldn't I couldn't turn down. But in terms of my uh, journalism and the way I like to write, it's I like I got a tattoo board for my twelfth birthday, so I think you can kind of get a sense of what I really quite enjoy doing. I like to find the, the little details and, and do it. I try to pick out the nuances a little bit more, and that's the type of thing I, I really enjoy doing. And hopefully, I can do a lot more of that this season. No, brilliant. And uh, look, I know we'll talk a lot more about season comes and when Martin's back and that sort of thing. But uh, just lastly, for the moment, then, Jacob, if people want to subscribe to your work on The Athletic that uh, maybe aren't already, how or where can they go about that? Yeah, so you can go onto The Athletic and then click on the Salantin icon and subscribe if you want to. There's also a link on uh, on my Twitter at J underscore Tamsworth as well. 
Fantastic. Thanks, Jacob. And uh, alongside Jacob is a, a friendly rival of his, Alfie House. I know that Alfie and Jacob know each other very well and get along very well, so we shouldn't have any uh, hostile relationships on this pod, which is good. But uh, Alfie writes for the Daily Echo, and like Jacob, will join the pod a couple of times a month to give us his opinion on what he's seeing or hearing on and off the pitch at St Mary's. Um, Alfie, likewise, uh, a big welcome to you. Uh, I know you've been covering for Saints a little while now, haven't you? So how have you found the journey over the last sort of 18 months to two years? Yeah, cheers, Ben. So I've covered the club for over a year now for Daily Echo, but I initially covered both Bournemouth and Southampton as well. So there's that Bournemouth overlap with Jacob there. Um, but they pretty quickly changed my role to Southampton only, which with no disrespect to Bournemouth, that was what I always wanted to do. Um, Southampton's a club I had passion for. You know, I've lived here for the last sort of four years. Uh, but it's been it's been great fun. Um, you know, they're a great club to cover. And like Steve alluded to, it's never dull. Yeah. And do you get excited at this time of the season, Alfie? Sort of thinking about uh, the new season start? Or do you wake up in the middle of the night you know, cold sweat thinking about Newcastle away on a whatever. So I actually listened back to the episode 198 and 199 this week just to sort of get a feel for the podcast again. And it made me laugh listening to Glenn and Steve a little bit. Um, I tried really hard to forget how bad things were at the end of last season. And I think everyone on this panel has followed the club for their <laughs> life. So, you know, they've seen it all before. They've, uh, they weren't surprised. I perhaps have still got that misguided optimism, maybe. And then the other way as well, when things go poorly. And, and just so we're uh, playing fair here then at the start, Alfie, um, I know the Daily Echo obviously offer a Saints Plus um, subscription service as well, don't they? So again, for anyone that's watching that isn't maybe uh, a part of that at the moment, how do they go about that? Yeah, so that's my colleague Benji. Uh, Benji runs a Saints Plus, but you can just go to the Daily Echo website. Um, there's a Saints Plus tab there. Um, do you subscribe? We've got some good deals on the moment. Um, and yeah, just if you want to follow me on my Twitter as well, all the coverage is there. Yeah, brilliant. All right, lovely. Well, as I said, we very much look forward to having yourself and Jacob on TSP this season. So a big welcome from all of us. Let's get cracking under PSP patrons once again this season. This is episode 201 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. There's no doubt in it's been a busy summer of transfer activity at St Mary's, as Steve was mentioning. While long-term squad members like Fraser Forster and Shane Long have left for pastures new, Saints have completed at time of recording six new signings. Goalkeeper Gavin Bazzuni from Manchester City. Liz, another Polish player. Centre-back Armel Belakocha in Germany. Midfielder Romeo Lavia, who joined from City as well. Attacker Joe Aribo from Glasgow Rangers, who will follow the likes of Matt Letizier, Ricky Lambert, Shane Long, Andre Kinchelskis, Thomas Taito in uh, wearing the famous number seven shirt. Lastly, young French striker Seko Mara, who left the wine region of Bordeaux for the fine region of Um Steve, we don't necessarily have time to go through every single one of them, but uh, if you had to pick one out, who kind of excites you or intrigues you the most? Um, I think Aribo has has kind of captured the captured the imagination a little bit, hasn't he? With um, obviously with the goal yesterday in in the last preseason game, his performances have looked generally pretty lively, and I think he's in a he's in a position where we've lacked a little bit of little bit of creativity over the last two or three years. He's got a little bit of versatility, can play can play centre mid, can play out wide, can play up front. Just gives us gives us more options and kind of keeps the keeps the opposition guessing, I suppose, a, li- a little bit more. Obviously, he's got European pedigree now with Rangers, scored in the Europa League final in uh, in May, uh, played well throughout their their campaign, getting all, the, getting all the way to that final. And, I mean, the price we got him for just seems absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I know he only had a year left on his deal, but it still kind of feels like uh, like we've pulled Rangers' pants down a little bit there. 
Um, <laughs> so I get, I guess that yeah. that kind of um, given given that we've been relatively used to doing that to Celtic over the over the last um, last ten years or so, that's uh, starting to even up the balance a little bit in the in the old firm. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously with a, a fantastic goal yesterday, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. And uh, I think I saw Jacob tweet the other the other week that uh, I think he played 70 matches for Rangers in Nigeria last year, one of the, the most fo- world worldwide used footballers or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets uh, on. Um, Glenn, what about you? Maybe if you don't pick Joe Reba, then as Steve's spoken about him, any, any of the other sort of standout? Yeah, Pompey's player of the season. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really looking for I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. I just I just hope he gets given the nod. I just hope, you know, there's been a lot of talk about bravery this summer with the, you know, we used it in the kit launch in a slightly cringy way, but there's been a lot of talk about bravery in the summer and it would be the brave decision to put him in goal. He's been the better goalkeeper in pre-season out of the ones that we've had without a doubt. And and it just looks to me like he's got something about him. And, um, you know, Fraser Forster did play pretty well at the, the tail end of last season, but it, it is a position that, that needed refreshing. And I, I just hope he's he's given the nod, and and obviously hope he does well. And um, with the way the team looks like it's going to be set up, it, it looks like it's going to be sort of three centre backs and fairly fairly solid. He he should have a chance to do quite well. He just he looks a confident lad, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to um to seeing him play. Partly, obviously, I want him to do well for Saints, but I'll, I'd quite like to see the fume from down the road if he if he does do particularly well so uh yeah i'd i'd, uh, I'd go for him he was de- he was definitely needed and yeah. like i say, hope he starts mm. and jacob there was a lot of chat towards the end of last season even on here that saints would need to move swiftly this summer in the trap so yeah. are you impressed how they've gone about their dealings sort of player they've bought in i am i, I like the proactivity because uh, no, for as long as i support salampton or follow salampton they've always tended to do three or four deals at, at most really in a, in a summer, especially you know players that come straight into the first team. So the fact they've been they've moved quickly, they've got players in core positions, and straight away you knew Sports Republic's model of recruiting young players. There's, there's no second guessing. You, you're very clear, and it gives clarity to the squad, to the fans, uh, to Ralph Arsenal also. Yeah, really impressed. It's gonna it's a bit of a risk because this summer will either fall flat on its face or it will thrive, and it may determine how uh, the next couple of windows go. Mm. But overall, I like the intent and I like to see an owner actually putting money into the club, which is always refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think from memory, um, only Arsenal had a younger average age squad than I think they were something like 24.9. We were 25.8 or something like that. And I suppose if you take Fraser Forster out and show that's going to bring our average age down even more. So do you think Saints could or should maybe have looked to bring in one or two more experienced players? Obviously, the window's still open and they can do to maybe help with game management and organisation and things like that? Or do you think actually younger players would maybe a bit more, uh, I suppose, less of a fear factor and you know a desire to prove themselves is actually the right way to go? Yeah, I think in terms of strategy, clearly Sport Public have got a little bit of cash. But if we're accepting that Southampton can't compete with the sort of top eight or ten, then this model probably is the next best thing. Um, it is a risk, but you know Jacob mentioned the communication, which I like about it. And the so-called experienced players, they could still come later in the window. You know, there'll be players that are pushing for moves to the top six or European clubs. And when they can't get those, they then turn to, you know, the next best exciting project, which is Southampton at the moment. So I think it could still come. It is a risk, but I'm excited by it. I know Cameron Ward's here saying, uh, liking the sign-ins, but would like some players who have let us uh, have let us down over the last few years to be shipped on now. Maybe free up mm. some more cash to bring in one or two more. One centre-back and a striker. Aribo looks like the best uh, bit of business so far. Penny Cotton, hey, uh, Pe- Penny, nice to hear from you as well. And then uh, Petra Chores says, good to hear from you, gents. Big welcome to Alfie and Jacob too. 
Jacob, I was going to ask, obviously the Windows Open, I think Ralph said the other day to you, didn't he? How many days? 36 was it or something like that? But, uh, you know, what do they need to do, do you think, to make the sort of 7, 8 or 9 out of 10 window become an 8, 9 or 10 out of window? What What's sort of left in the pot, do you think? I think the immediate answer is is up front, isn't it? I think Ralph's pretty clear that he wants another striker. That's obviously the place that I think fans want as well, despite signing Sikumara. I look at that attacking, that all those players in that final third, and I don't see that change of gear as such, or a player that can get the ball in that between the lines and just have that composure. Similar to what Deuce and Talis used to do, who can just pick those passes through. There's a lot of rushing, and you know, I, like, I really like Stuart Armstrong, but he doesn't sometimes just take a breath in front of goal. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit all too hurried. So having a player like that, a little bit mm. of guile would be, I think, would be essential. But then you look into the fullback positions. And I, although you know they're using the wing-backs now with Musa Gineppo, so they're kind of getting away with it to some extent, I would, wouldn't would mind another fullback. I've seen Glenn shaking his Kyle, head already, Jacob. <laughs> yeah. oh, because just you think mental. if Kyle Walker-Peters gets injured, then I think they're up a creek without a paddle. So I, I'd like to see a fullback for sure to be addressed. Yeah, I don't think I've any of recovered from that Sheffield United away game when he played left back first half and it was a car crash. That was about three seasons ago and they're still trying it, Glenn, aren't they? But uh, there we go. Um, Arts and Edit says we definitely need a new striker. But Steve, I was just going to say, what about you? I mean, do you agree with the, the striker being needed? Is there anywhere else on the pitch that's still leaving you a bit nervous? Yeah, striker, definitely. I mean, we've we've lost two from last season and only gained one. So, yeah, I mean, just naturally there's a there's a gap there and kind of the 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 kind of quality level of the ones that we do have all seem to be around about the same. You kind of think that Che Adams' ceiling is probably around 10 goals. Adam Armstrong has looked looked sharp in pre-season, to be fair to him. But you would also imagine that his his kind of potential is around the same sort of level um, if things fall into place for him. Uh, we've got no we've got no real idea how um, Sekumara is going to do straight off the bat. I imagine I imagine he'll be eased into the team. I, w- I wouldn't expect to see him play regularly right at the start, to be honest. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely a hole there, and I mean I st- I still think we look we look suspect um, at the back def- in the centre of defence. We've got a lot of players who we've got a lot of defenders who kind of have maybe one of the outstanding attributes that we need. So Jack Stevens has kind of got the leadership bit but doesn't tend to do the other bits particularly well. Um, Lianco's excellent at kind of intercepting and doing the sort of the dirty work, if you like. But his concentration can be a little bit iffy. He can um, uh, lose, his, mm. uh, lose his man quite easily and things like that. And Bednarek, who seemed for all the, all the money, seemed to be heading out of the club. And that's that's gone very quiet all of a sudden. And it seems as if mm. we might now need to build build back around him again and I th- but I want I wonder whether kind of his head's in it really it's he seemed mm. he seemed very sort of out of it ever since that Man City game that FA Cup game where he basically decided he didn't didn't fancy it so mm. we'll see on that so so I think there there's a hole there um if we are assuming that Salasu is an automatic pick which I think we probably are um but even he had a terrible end to the season Bella Kotchap mm. looks looks promising but 20 years old, can you throw him in from the start? Um, I mean, I think Salasu was was so good for so much of last season, largely because we didn't throw him in at the deep end. We gave him a year to mm. to develop and, and get get kind of his head straight on how how the game is played in this country, which is which was different to how it was when he was in Spain. And I wonder whether Bella Kotchap might need something similar sort of in comparison to what he's had in the Bundesliga. So yeah, I, mm. I personally would like another centre-back, whether that happens. Realistically though, we're not, we're not going to get in another centre-back unless at least one leaves because we've got 
six or seven already yeah. if you go down to play people like Simeu and mm. Valerie and you know there's I think seven off the top of my head we've got which is obviously too many anyway we're we counting Ollie so, Lancashire no <laughs> <laughs> and, and just finally on the signings then uh, Alfie and I suppose thinking about that um you, you know that's the kind of the key for fans really is it I mean the only one that we've really probably got play over the age of 20 is a rebo they're all very very young so i think it's been as evident over this weekend with the, the real game it's about you know fans being patient with some of these lads and giving them a chance you know it's not going to happen overnight it's going to take weeks maybe months for them to adapt to playing for the saints yeah that's definitely right but you know fans have their right to expect that the team put out on you know can perform to top level they can expect that but i think yeah with these guys i mean we've seen that at least three of them for the signings are good players gavin bazunu romeo lavia and obviously joe Reba, a bit older they are good players that's three good deals and Armelo Velocotchap is, is a bit similar to Salisu. I think me and Jacob were talking about the other day. He's very quick, sometimes rash, but he's got a great diagonal ball as well, um, which we saw on, on Saturday. They're all young, yeah. I, I give them time, but you're right to expect quality. You should hope for experience as well. Glenn, let's talk a, a bit about pre-season then and uh, move mm. on to that. Um, Saints obviously visited Austria for a week where they played Leipzig and then uh, Austria-Klagenfurt um, before returning home with the uh, fairly uh, unentertaining 0-0 draw. Beat Monaco, which was obviously a good result, and then lost to a really, really good Villarreal side this week just gone. I know you've seen a fair bit of the pre-season, uh, pre-season Glen, yeah, both yeah. on the web and, and in person. Kind of what have, what have you made of it? And has anyone sort of particularly stood out or any bodies? What is a standard pre-season? I think after 45 years of watching this lot, I still don't know what a good pre-season is. Um, th- this seems to have been a fairly a, seems to have been a fairly standard one. I guess a good pre-season is no no one no one's got injured, you know, and the, the fitness has been built up. I know they 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 rattle it out like a cliche, but we have won every preseason game before, and then lost the first six in in the Premier League, and and vice versa. So the the results are really you know not worth looking at. I, I think what you're looking for is patterns of play, and maybe to fix some of the you know or or some sort of indication that the problems at the tail end of last year are going to be yeah you know, are going to be fixed. I mean, and let's face it, the talent of last year, we, we couldn't defend and we couldn't attack. So there, there's there's lots to look at. So he's he set up the team differently, I think possibly because at this moment in time, he doesn't trust um, Bella Kochap and Salisu to, you know, to play in a flat back four. So he, he's got to have a third defender in there. I like the look of, you know, Lavia playing as the, you know, he's, he's a lot more dynamic Um than, than, than Romeo is in that role. So I was I was interested in a couple of the experiments like Armstrong up front and um, Romeo pushed into a slightly more forward role. Overall, I think I think it's been good. Players that have shown up well. It was it was interesting in the Monaco game that, that though Monaco were terrible in the second half, Saints got a hell of a lot better once we started bringing on the players that you knew were going to play, you know, that you largely expect to play in the first game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the players you expect to play well have, have, have played well. One from left field who I think has played reasonably well is Jan Valery. I think he's done a, a good job. He looks like he's got the bit between his teeth. And another another thing I think about preseason is that players that are on the fringes, and, um, you know, we've got a lot of those, Elianusi, Teller, Redmond, Valerie, Lianco, Stevens. You want them to really be showing something in these games to say, I'm going to be a big player this season. And... You know, some some have done it. Like Val- Valerie, I think has done it, but some others just just haven't. And it's 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 the same old. I, I will say that we it, it it does worry me all the all the young players a little bit because we're we're flying in the face of conventional football wisdom here, thinking that we can have all these young players <laughs> and um, and we're doing it individually. I mean, and you know, I we joked about it slightly early on. Musa Gineppo, I don't care I don't care how well he plays in friendlies. The guy is a liability. And what you want from your defenders mm. is 
if they make a mistake, you want it to be a surprise. You know, if Carl Walker-Peters made a mistake, you'd be genuinely surprised by that. If, if Gineppo makes a mistake, it's the most predictable thing ever. And um, I think it's a bit of a failing that we look likely to go into that first game against Spurs with with him as a, you know, essentially mm. a defender. Um, as, as proved in that Monaco game when, you know, he was on the corner of his own penalty area and he decided to try and nutmeg a striker. Now, the, the fact that he even tried to do that <laughs> is, is, is worrying because if he tried to do it against Spurs, it, it's, it's not going to end well, is it? So, uh, so preseason overall, yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged, but we're not, we're not there mm. yet. We're not there yet. We, we could be a little mm. bit blunt in front of goal. I could see us, you know, maybe against the good sides, keeping it relatively tight and maybe only getting beat 1-0 or something like that. I don't, you know, with the way we're going to set up, Mm. I don't see us collapsing. But what's going to define our season is how we do against the other 14. Have we got enough to win those games? Because this formation three at the back, whenever we've tried it before, it's not been particularly great. I'm thinking the Burnley Mm. away game last year where it was just atrocious. So hopefully we can find a way. When we, like, we've got leads at home pretty quick, haven't we? You know that that's a game where we we've got to have a goal threat. It's not enough to just keep it keep it tight. So, uh, yeah, mm. I'm still a bit, a bit concerned about us going forward. But all good teams are built from the back, so hopefully we get that sorted first. <laughs> Indeed, and Jacob kind of linked to that. Then we had a bigger question from one of our listeners, Paul Scally, during the week, which kind of links sort of this section with the the new signings. Paul said, "I think our transfer window has been the best we have had for years. The players are but have great potential, but I have one concern. And up, I can't see we have purchased players with a plan in mind. Am I wrong?" So linking into sort of what Glenn said there, Jacob, do you feel that Saints and specifically Ralph are heading into the new Premier League season with a, a sort of clear and confident mindset, both in terms of the personnel and tactics? Or do you think there's almost still more questions than answers? I think he's got a clear idea in terms of the, the setup because he's played the same system. And I know he changed slightly second half yesterday with Joe Reba slightly further further forward, but it's, it's been a back three throughout. And I was talking to Alfie yesterday. I'm really surprised he didn't once go back to his favourite 4 formation at any point during, during the preseason. Mm. So I think there's clarity there. In terms of personnel, I'm not sure. I can I can guess the starting lineup, but I think it's kind of picking out of a hat the, the front two, for example, because you see Stuart Armstrong up there. Is he going to start up, up there against Spurs? You know, it's Che Adams, it's, it's, uh, it's Adam Armstrong as well. So I think there are there are questions in that in that uh, striking area, but also I think the midfield is pretty clear because Romeo Lavia, I think he's been told and Arsenal's been make no bones that he is the, the number six because he, he's got better mobility, mm. he can operate around the pitch, he can sh- shuffle side to side better than Romeo can. And the only problem for me though is Romeo is the best ball retent, you know, guy that keeps the ball best in the midfield. I think he keeps things ticking over. He's really good at managing small spaces when everything's tight, he can just keep it taking over. He's a, he's a metronome, and without him. I feel with Warprowse, Lavia and Rebo, which looks like it's going to be the midfield three, they don't have necessarily that control in midfield, which is key at some points. Because mm. if you're going to sit in a mid, if you're going to sit in a mid block like Arsenal's been preparing, at some point you need to keep the ball, and you, because you can't play 90 minutes without having possession and just being comfortable in that. So I think Romeo, there is a place for him, whether it's that box to box running in behind uh, that he has done sometimes in pre-season. I'm not too sure, but yeah, going back to your point, personnel, I think that's that's to be decided. Mm. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time. I think, uh, was it a couple of years ago when he was 
played three at the back all through preseason. We rocked the, uh, I think, played four at the back and got wiped away 3 0 in the second half, didn't we? Something like that from memory. But, uh, Steve, I was, I was going to say that one positive, obviously, is uh, we saw an absolutely brilliant goal from Joe Rebe yesterday against Verdi doing that, that number seven shirt some justice. Um, you know, we obviously spoke earlier about potentially the, the, the type of player he is, but I, th- I think that's someone that, you know, will get us on the edge of our seats and has already shown in preseason of what he can offer the team. Yeah, he, he seems to be the one that can can kind of magic something out of nothing, which, I mean, as I, as I said, we haven't really had, I mean, certainly since Tadic left. I guess Redmond does it maybe twice or three times a season. Um, but, I mean, at this level, you, you, I think you need a little bit more than that, really, um, as we've as we've discussed kind of ad nauseum, really. But, yeah, if, if he's able to kind of provide that link, provide a few more goals from from midfield, lay some chances on the on the plate of the of the strikers, actually give them give them a little bit more kind of raw material to work with, then yeah, we can we can look a lot better as an sort of an, as, as an attacking force. Um certainly second up well last third of the season we were pretty anemic going forward and that basically just allowed teams to um to a- attack us at will, knowing that we weren't going to be able to um kind of fight back at the other end we they weren't leaving the door ajar for us really because they knew we didn't we didn't have have the tools to hurt them whereas whereas now with with Arebo in in that position offering just kind of a bit of bit of all sorts really all of a sudden we look at we look like there's going to be a little bit more threat and hopefully I mean if if one one of our, our existing strikers can start firing then then brilliant um if not then hopefully someone else who um who arrives before the end of um, before the end of August? Arpet says uh, Arlef was painfully silent against Villarreal, so uh, that's not a good uh, reference in terms of Gineppo. But Alfie, just final question on preseason. Um, you know, one player who seemed to be performing particularly well out in Austria, uh, including the assist for Adam Armstrong's goal uh, against Leipzig, was um, Will Smallbone. I know Glenn's a fan of Will Smallbone and was quite keen to see what he mm. might be able to do for the Saints this season. But they they since let him out on loan to Stoke. Are you surprised by that, or does it feel like actually that's a good move for all parties? No, I'm probably not surprised because the squad's already so bloated and there's already enough players that are quite good but not good enough to change a game in the squad. But I really like Will on the ball. I think he's one of the better players at the club and his deliveries are good, which is a shame because obviously James Ward-Prowse sort of has a monopoly on that. But I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on the championship. Uh, I saw that he was on the bench on Saturday, which I was surprised by. And I think so was Gavin Kilkenny, who's a good young player. And they've got a good team there. If they start playing those players, they'll mm-hmm. do well. But I'm excited to see how he gets on. Mm. And rumours of signing a certain uh, Liam Delap as well. From uh, I think Dan was uh, alluding to, so there'll be another player going there as well, won't there? But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, maybe in a, a full championship season. So um, look, look ahead to this season for for Saints, then Jacob. What are your sort of one or two hopes or expectations for them? What do you think realism should be for Saints fans this season? I just my main hope is obviously, of course, safety, but consistency. I'm fed up of getting <laughs> carried away thinking Slam to look a really cohesive side. They could push that top eight. They could push top eight, and then. All of a sudden, one win in 12, and then you think, oh, it's, it's faded out again. <laughs> so I just want a little bit more consistency. You know, even when you're not playing well, just, just get a draw. Don't get hammered 6 or 7 nil once a season or, you know, the nine, which we've seen before, obviously. But I'm really hoping that this, these young players bear fruit because if they do and Salampton get that USP right and this can show young players for the next two, three seasons that Salampton have got a formula here and it can work. And if they do get it right, the potential is is vast. So those are my main two hopes for sure. There was a, a quite few negatives, wasn't there? Second half last year, one positive, we didn't lose 9-0 last season. So that's a step in the right direction. Um, Steve, what about you? I kind of I kind of actually think the opposite. I, I quite like it that, we're, that we have the highs and lows because it would be boring if we were 
just a sort of mundane team just jobbing about in mid-table with no real purpose about ourselves. I mean, yeah, sure, you don't want the the real low lows of, as you say, the the nines of the. I mean, that Chelsea game last year could easily have been nine if if Chelsea could have been bothered to, to play the last half hour. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I think cutting out the cutting out the big lows, but kind of pushing our, I guess, pushing the average up slightly to just give us a bit more. So we don't we kind of don't look quite so rubbish when we are bad. Um, I think is is kind of just the most mm. brutal way of saying it because yeah when when we are really bad we are just eye bleedingly terrible um, and yeah if we can if we can just remove those those kind of the outliers at that end of the spectrum then you kind of have less to less to complain about I think which kind of begs the question why we're still here but you know but no I, I think I think re- realistic realistically it's Keep our keep our eyes over, looking back over our shoulder a little bit, but not worry too much. Got to look forwards, and there's there's a, there's a lot of bang average teams in this league that we should be looking to to be sort of at least maintaining parity with, if not going past at, at some point in the next two years. But it might not be immediate with the with the young players we've got. Looking forward mm. to seeing how how they all develop as a team because there's a lot of there's clearly a lot of talent and a lot of promise there. Um, but as as Alfie said, that it's it's just not really the template for what you do um at this level it's it feels mm. it feels high risk but then maybe there's high reward at the end of it so who knows is that for you the same case you know is it about what saints do do or is it more about what they don't do you know going through those extended runs of, as Alf, uh, as Jacob said sorry not picking up many points and uh, you know losing game after game after game becoming more consistent uh yeah i think so but i mean <laughs> the first thing they say about young players is that it brings more inconsistency so who knows? Maybe it'll be even worse. Maybe maybe we will get some complete thumpings at some point this season if it all goes a bit a bit wrong. If uh, three or four of the youngsters have a nightmare on the same day, it could it could be horrible. Personally, for the season, I uh, I Jacob's first answer says it all for me. It's about it, it's about staying up. But I and I know I said this at exactly the same point last year. I'd like to have a season where we're not looking over our shoulder at any point thinking we could get dragged into this going back to steve's point there are some there are some dreadful sides in in the league this year bournemouth and you know fulham are going to be down there and, and forest no matter how much they spend on jesse lingard they're going to be down there and then you're looking at leeds you're looking at brentford there, there's quite a few, brighton seem to be losing everton, all their players. still rubbish everton still rubbish and they've got no money to spend so it, it's um a man united of course already. so um yeah, so you know there there are there's no reason you would hope that we would get seriously dragged into it. But our fixtures are tough at the start of the season, so you know it would be it would be nice to get a couple of wins on the board relatively early, and I, I think that would settle everybody down and, and give everybody the confidence mm. that we can we can go and have a reasonably good season. I don't expect to qualify for Europe or anything like that. It would just be a it would be nice to be sitting around tenth to fourteenth than uh, sitting around fifteenth all the way down. Yeah. And Alfie, that's the challenge really, isn't it? I mean, it's what Spurs, Man United, Leicester, Chelsea in our first five games. Certainly not an easy start. I appreciate everyone always says, don't they, the cliche of there's no easy games and things like that. But given that run at the end of last season, which I do feel we should draw a line under, it's a new season, new team, etc. Plus those fixtures, plus the amount of money we spent this summer, you know, the, the pressure is going to be on Ralph straight away, really. It's incredibly worrying for those that believe his job is still on the line so early on. Um, the Leeds game is going to be enormous. Uh, in my opinion, because I don't expect them to beat 
to be honest with any of the other four teams you've named. Um, personally, I don't believe that his job is on the line. I think we can draw a line under it. I think for the first two, three months, it's a case of this is a new team and all the players are young. I don't think you can go and spend 50 million, 60 million, however much they spend on young players and expect them to perform straight away. And there's clearly a project there in mind. But in terms of those mm. first few games, I mean, I'm not expecting much joy. Well, Sengig Tully 1 says, really can't see us getting 40 points. So that's put a damper on things, hasn't it? But uh, there we go. Let's move on to uh, preview uh, with the uh, final part of the pod uh, around the first game of the season. Then uh, away to Spurs. Um, obviously, it was undoubtedly one of the highlights there last season. Glenn, uh, I think we could probably live off that for a few years. 3-2 win up there, can't yeah. we? Um, possibly a different type of test this time, particularly as uh, I know Steve always talks about this time of year, the fact that we won two opening day games in, I think, 23 seasons or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's entirely relevant. But I th- Spurs are one of the teams that you know are undoubtedly going to be better than last year. They they are definitely moving in the right direction as far as they are concerned. So I think it's probably good to play them first up, and hopefully they won't have everything sort of like established and um, you know in how they're going to play and what players they're going to play and all that stuff. It's basically they've got an exceptional manager, and he's he's getting the he is he is recruiting what look on the face of it to be exactly the right players to to suit the system that he wants to play. So um, Basuma, I'm thinking of in particular, is an excellent signing in midfield. Uh, you do wonder what that means for um, Mr. Hoiberg. Mass- massive um, upgrade on him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. So, I mean, Basuma's a very good player. Richarlison, he always scores against us. Luckily, he's apparently suspended. So that's yeah, good. Yeah. But um, they've still got the other three lads up front who aren't bad either. So and they all uh, score against us as well. Yeah, they all score against <laughs> us as well. So it, it's it, it's an incredibly tough first game. But to be honest, I'd rather be playing them now than, than yeah. in a couple of months. So we we just got to go go out there and give it a good go. I I, I think we'll set up to be solid. I I personally think the midfield three will be. I think Romeo will, will play with Lavia and Ward-Prowse and Arivo will be up front with someone. So I think it'll probably be Adam Armstrong if I had to guess because that team doesn't have a lot of pace in it. Mm. And for some reason, I mean, I don't know what everyone else thinks about this. I don't really think Ralph rates Che Adams that much. I've, I've, I've always I've thought that since the since we played Leicester in the FA Cup semi-final where he, mm. he, he got left out for that, which was obviously our most important game that season. And, um, and he played Nathan Redmond up front instead. And it just seemed bizarre at the time. And he seems to get, Adam seems to get judged more harshly for me than, than some of the other players. So I don't think Shay Adams will start. It'll, it'll be, uh, if, if one of the strikers does start, it'll be, it'll be Adam Armstrong. But mm-hmm. I just hope we, we go give a decent account of ourselves and that we have a goal threat because we're not just going to be able to camp in our own half and, um, and uh, and you know see the game out and nick a point that's uh, incredibly unlikely we'll be able to do that. Mm. So uh, yeah, looking looking forward to it. I'm making the trip up there as long as the tickets arrive. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm look, looking forward to that because I haven't been to their, their new ground yet. But uh, yeah, not expecting the um, yeah the result won't get in the way of a decent day out. Yeah. That's good. And Alfie, is, you know, Glenn and Steve sort of made a, a good point there, or Glenn did, sorry, that, uh, you know, maybe getting one of the, the big boys away from home and getting that out of the system early doors, you know, when maybe you can catch them cold, some new players trying to gel. I know they lost their last game of the preseason against Roma and things like that. So, yes, they've got some really, really good players, but I'm clutching at straws a little bit, Alfie, so hopefully you can help. 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm confident of a positive result, but I'm excited for the game. Uh, I, but I don't, it's a tough game for anybody. Spurs are going to be quality this season. Antonio Conte is one of the best managers in the world, in my opinion. So there's going to be no shame if they turn up there and, and they lose again on the opening day. Glenn said that it doesn't matter, but I think Spurs have won four or five of their last opening day matches. It'll be a good day out and hopefully it'll be a good match. And like Glenn says, if they don't sit behind the ball for 90 minutes, it'll be good fun. But I, I won't be disappointed if they, they don't get a result. Jacob, how much confidence do you think Ralph and the team can take from that that game You know, earlier in the year? Obviously, it was a, I think all of us at the, after that game was thinking, you know, this is a team that's finally arrived and they can go on a run to the end of the season and challenge the top eight. Obviously, that didn't happen, but you know, they've got that sort of winning mentality from that ground just a few months ago. I think that experience should help them, but also yeah. the, the other game as well, the first fixture, because if I remember before Salisi got sent off, they played a back three. And they went one up and looked really quite effective as well. Jan Valerie came mm. in and I thought he had one of his better games as well. So mm. perhaps now we're, we're deviating away from that back three or going towards it, sorry. That, that could be used as a template That from last season, that 1-1 draw at St Mary's. So I think both those games should stand uh, Ralph and, and the team a good step because they're both against Antonio Conte. And they worked you know, for the large parts, really. And it looked like they were a goal threat as well. So, mm. uh, yeah, I think it's huge confidence and there's nothing to fear like like Alfie touched on there it's, it's the first game of the season you're not expected to get anything I just like to see a little bit more goal threat like you say and also mm-hmm. hopefully a little bit more, a few more encouraging signs about that back three as well and Steve I know you're a man that's very much always up on his uh, Premier League rules obviously it's the the first game where uh, Saints and uh, Ralph will be able to use five subs of course as part of the new uh, regulation this season something that he was in favour of so uh, how do you think that's going to go I mean, I don't know. I don't understand for the life of me why any manager of a club not in the not in the top six would be in favour of this rule. It's insane <laughs> that we are in, that we voted in favour of it, and it's insane that if, that enough of the other smaller clubs voted in favour of it. Because the only thing, the only people it helps is the bigger clubs who who can now stop our massive squads and know that even if things aren't going quite to plan, they can bring up to five alternative £50 million players off their bench to um, to make sure that um, that no surprises happen. So yeah, it's a, it's a wholly negative thing for the league. It's a wholly negative thing for clubs of our size. I mean, Ralph may have some uh, reason that he's not kind of furnished us with as to why he thinks, why he thinks it'll be good for us. I mean, I'm yet to hear it. Um, you can get Nathan Redmond and Theo Walcott on the pitch. Great. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean the 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 only I guess the only benefit to it where they've now decided that the bench will be nine players that gives us more options because it means we're then not you don't have to basically choose your most versatile players for the bench. Hmm. That's one vague positive for I guess for every level, but I'm yeah I, I don't I don't see the benefit to it. And I mean, do is our squad depth is our squad deep enough to really? Um, have have that many game changes? Not quite, I don't think. Um, so at the moment, I, I mean, un- unless we unless we pull a couple of rabbits out of the hat between now and the thirty first of August, yeah, I I, I don't really see um, see the benefit uh, for us mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see as the uh, season goes on, doesn't it? Uh, okay, as many of our regular listeners will know, um, before each game, we uh, always get the panel to predict the match score. There are points awarded for correct results and even more points for correct scores. Alex, our producer, thankfully looks after all of that, so I don't need to worry about it these days. But from memory, I think Dan won last year. Obviously, he's gone now, so it's all to play for. I know Glenn's always well up for this. Um, so what we're going to do in terms of our uh, 
sort of initial game is we'll get our guests uh, to go first, obviously Alfie and Jacob. So in alphabetical order, Alfie, that means you. So uh, kicking off your debut pod, Spurs versus Saints, what score are you going to go for, Alfie? I feel bad because I am very much looking forward to the game and I think it'll be good fun, but I'm going to say 1-0 Spurs. 1-0 Spurs, all right. Jacob, what about you? I did say 1-1, but I'm <laughs> thinking about it with with much your head. I'm going to go 2-0 Spurs. <laughs> yeah, revert to type that's good that's what I've got for as well actually so. sudden slap in the face of realism yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah I was thinking 2-0 Spurs so uh, perfect right Glenn what about you okay I'm going to take a different approach I'm not going to so if you ask me last I'm not going to pick the same result anyone else was going to pick so I was going to go 1-0 Spurs what did Jacob say 2-1 2-0 2-0 I'll go 2-1 Spurs one Spurs, all right. Senkid Tully one has gone five nil Spurs. So uh, I'm not sure if that's a Spurs fan that's watching us or very uh, pessimistic. I think that's the same person that didn't think we were going to get forty points. So it's going to be a long season for uh, Senkid Tully one. But there we go. Um, Steve, to cap it, uh, what are you reckoning? Uh, yeah, I, I think the defence just isn't quite up to stopping Kane and Son at the moment. Even mm. like, even when our defence was good, we struggled to to, to deal with them. So um, yeah, probably not going to be a, a happy start. Three one. 3 1. I've made Harry Kane my uh, fantasy captain. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how it goes and what happens and uh, how close or not those predictions are. Obviously, we'll find out next weekend. Okay, that's pretty much it for the first pod of the season. Don't forget that you can follow Total Saints Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. It's just at Total Saints Pod. We're on YouTube, all those various podcast channels, and we have our own website, totalsaints.co.uk, which includes a link to our online shop for Total Saints icons. Should you like to get in touch, then either comment on any of our posts, send us a DM through your preferred social media media tool or email totalsaintspodcast at yahoo.com we're also on patreon where should you wish to you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution just visit patreon.com which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n slash total saints podcast we have four tiers ranging from five pound to 20 pound per month each come with their own perks including weekly shout outs for those patrons in our Francis Benali tier and the newly named Mick Shannon tier. For any new £15 Francis Benali or £20 Mick Shannon patrons who join between now and the end of August and remain active until the end of the season, you'll get sent a unique TSP t-shirt. I know Alex has been working hard over the summer. I got a note from someone the other day saying that they'd received theirs in Canada. So I promise you that we will ship them wherever you are in the world. So thank you to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Matt Hall and Nick Reed in the Francis Benali tier. And also thanks to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Hinkston and Phil Cook in our Mick Shannon tier. We'll also be running our patrons only fantasy Premier League again this season. Back to back champion Tom McCann, the man to beat. I'll leave Martin to fill in with some more details on that over the coming weeks. Just to say the final sort of uh, predictions coming through. Arpad said 1-1 with a Prousey penalty. Uh, Josh has said thanks for the podcast boys and Carl Andrews said glad to have the pod back. So my thanks to the chaps for joining tonight. To all of you watching online, hopefully uh, my dodgy internet that the guys have been reminding me through uh, throughout the show has uh, just about coped with it and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you all again through the week after the Spurs game. So have a good week and thanks very much for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.